Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. January 7th, and this is Doing the Thing. I'm Erin Marlowe from It's a Fandom Thing Pod, and I'm here with Jenna Million and Sarah Fagan from Name Three Songs. Hello. And Eric Rezanek from That Great Pop Culture Debate. Howdy. Hey. So I'm happy to be kicking this off and to talk about everything happening in our worlds this week. So how is everybody? Doing great. Hashtag thriving. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag thriving. I love that. Well, speaking of that, it's 2024, which is still so hard to believe. So how is everybody doing with that? Like settling into the new year? Are you having trouble remembering it's the new year? Eric? I mean, it's it's a war show season. So (laughs) we are hitting the ground running. We are booked and busy. (laughs) Booked and blessed, right? Yeah, well, especially with, like, the Emmy Awards having been delayed because of the strikes. And so then yeah. you've got the Golden Globes tonight, and then you've got um, then you've got the Emmys, and then, like, everything is just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's like every other weekend, so our, I feel like my brain has already been in 2024 mode for the past, like, three weeks prepping <laughs> mentally <laughs> for award show season. <laughs> That's true. There is a mental prep there. So does everybody have that kind of mental prep for award show season then? Everyone? We do uh, a little we, – we frankly should do more of it in the great pop culture <laughs> debate. Uh, we're slacking on that. But we put together our kind of top ten lists for 2024. So we've been – like our most anticipated projects. So we've been coming at it from that perspective. But uh, I can tell you that some of my panelists have been blowing up my phone with their predictions as to who's going to win what at the Golden Globes and the Oscars. And I'm like, take it down to a two. But I love the enthusiasm. <laughs> I I love that so much. Um, I feel like our podcast, we both talk about general pop culture. We touch on movies, but a lot of what we do is music industry. So I feel like the music industry is always like a little bit slow to start and like who's going to be dropping albums, like what is actually happening. Whereas like movie season or like movie industry is like very much going hard right now. So I feel like they kind of trade off a bit. It's a great point. Like when you're putting together the top tens, I was looking for albums in 2024 and like after June, good luck. Like there's nothing that's already made out there. Uh, But with movies, I can tell you all the way up to like the last date of 2024, what's coming out pretty reliably. And uh, that, yeah, it it makes it harder to make music picks, but we still found 10 things worth talking about. Nice. Yeah, that's true because, you know, we were talking about that recently on an episode where everyone was confused with the Golden Globes and like certain things being nominated that not everyone can see yet. And I think that's what people don't get is as long as it's got that release date, 
somewhere in the somewhere in 2023 that it'll be eligible for that next year but everybody's like I haven't seen half these movies I don't know what you're even talking about but yeah that's always interesting this time of year so and I'm I, there's so much I haven't seen yet so I don't mm-hmm. know if everybody's kind of caught up on everything that's getting all the award show buzz or no I feel like that. I'm a goofy movie girl <laughs> goofy movie girl yeah like when you just like go see like whatever is like kind of silly and trending like that thanksgiving movie with addison ray like that's my kind of thing (laughs) yes like you mean the thanksgiving the horror movie right yeah yes i loved that that that's what i saw my birthday that was my birthday oh wow i love happy birthday that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) yeah a birthday slasher it was fun for me so (laughs) horror is my favorite genre so I don't know if everybody else loves horror, but yeah. Do we have any horror movies represented at the Globes and or Oscars this year? <laughs> Saltburn. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> Dark comedy. Dark comedy, not horror. Yeah, I'm like, that's interesting that you say horror because I, I just watched that recently and I was like expecting like really, really shocking stuff. And I'm yeah. not saying like the bathtub scene and the grave, <laughs> the graveyard scene, especially aren't yeah. shocking, but I don't know. I That's interesting. I think like movie. based off of the general consensus, you would go into it assuming it was a horror movie. So I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. I actually saw there's a cocktail recipe for oh, um, yeah. Jacob Elordi's um, bathtub uh, cocktail is what it's called. I would like that recipe. Uh, asking for a friend. I'll 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 repost it on uh, my Instagram for it's a fandom thing because I did say I'm going to make that at my Oscar party for sure. Nice, <laughs> perfect, love it. So yeah. Well, does anyone have any like pop culture predictions for the new year? Or I'm just excited to see who like debuts as a couple on red carpets Ooh. because right now there's the rumor that Barry Keoghan's bringing Sabrina Carpenter the, to the Golden Globes tonight. I would so love I that so much. On the edge of my seat, waiting to see if that's real. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, the red carpets are always the the some of the funnest part of awards show season. I know there are people that just watch that and don't watch the actual sure. Award show. Yeah, it's like the Super Bowl. You only watch it for the halftime. I don't know what the other th- four <laughs> hours of that evening is. I, I I don't care for that, but I'm here for well, – it's Usher this year. But, uh, yeah, just watch it for the red carpet. What a, what were your top ten lists, Eric? Like, do you have any predictions? So predictions, yeah. Um, I kind of went through each one of the, kind of the things that we cover. So for film, my prediction for 2024 is that I do think Deadpool 3 is going to kind of help curb this anti-Marvel backlash we're seeing a lot right now. There's a really heavy anti-Marvel mm. narrative. And um, I, I'll, I'll be uh, dangerous and say I think part of that is based on the quality of the projects that have come out recently. But a lot of it is also just I'm going to get in trouble for this neckbeards bashing things for uh, yeah. kind of political points. And I think Deadpool 3 is going to uh, be very popular. It's the only Marvel movie coming out this year. And I think it's going to help to curb that. Um for TV, I do think House of the Dragon coming back season two this summer will win back a lot of the people who are really over that whole franchise at the end of Game of Thrones. I think it had a great first season, and I think people um, are going to be showing up in force uh, in a way that they weren't. And for music, I look at, I think Cardi and I think Dua Lipa are both going to have albums out within the first half of this year. I think they will be dominant, and I am I could not be more excited for either of those projects. So Yeah. 
I, I feel like predictions are so hard. I've never like trained my brain to think about like pop culture <laughs> predictions in this way, but um, in thinking of music stuff, I definitely think Dua is also going to have an album up and it would be interesting to see what she does just because her last record was so massively popular, even though it came out in 2020 when it was pandemic and she still was able to kind of launch her career after that. And she's been really quiet since then. Um, and the single, I think, stuck a little bit more with what she's been doing versus like kind of veering off and doing something new. So I'm interested to see like if her album changes course. But the other thing I will be paying attention to is Troy Sivan because he also really wasn't making music for a long time. And last year he kind of had a big year if he was in, um, what is that? What is a, the HBO series with the weekends and what was it? The idol. Yeah. The so idol, he had yeah. like an acting oh, yeah. role in the idol. He was doing a lot of fashion show stuff. He was like in a, like he was featured in Versace and like all this stuff. So, um, it's really interesting to me how he's become kind of an A-lister and his album was really popular, but I'm interested to see what he's going to continue to do in 2024 to continue to solidify himself as an A-lister. Yeah. And uh, I'll speak for the gays. Uh, I, I come from that background and I will say that we are we are ready for the Troy Sivan domination. Uh, um, Rush was a terrific lead single for that album. I've listened to the rest of it. It's kind of a different vibe than you would expect. I will say on the Dua Lipa next album thing, I read a piece, I think it was in the Times. Um, she's exploring 70s psychedelic music for the new album. She said that's kind of the vibe that she's being inspired by yeah. so i'm so mm. curious how that translates to pop i'm 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 very open to it though i think she's amazing and i'm i'm, I'm so excited for what she's going to do next and i know she was working with for her the houdini single she was working with kevin parker from tame impala so i wonder if he's involved in the full project but i also just like feel like the the energy that she brought to that single was very much still just like dance pop girly so i'm mm-hmm. wondering like mm-hmm. if it's really going to be anything that will surprise us And, you know, speaking of that with the music, though, with the predictions and with the backlash with Marvel, and I think there's just superhero fatigue. The new Joker Mm -hmm. movie, though, that is coming out that's going to be like a musical and has Lady Gaga in it. (laughs) And the first one did so well. I'm predicting that's actually going to do better than the first Joker because you have Lady Gaga. And I think everybody's going to be very interested to see that. I don't know. I mean, I have my own issues with the first one, (laughs) like big issues with the first one. So Mm. I don't know. I don't know. But I love Lady Gaga and I think she's a terrific actor. So I'm kind of predicting that might be a big one, but. I'm a comic nerd. Like, I, I literally interned at Marvel back in the day. Um, and I refused to see the first Joker movie because I'm like, I'm so over this nihilistic fanboy fantasy. Mm. But let me tell you, you're giving me Lady Gaga in a musical? Yeah. I'm there. I'm there opening night. I don't like, I won't even watch the first one. Just give me Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn kind of yeah. gang it up. I'm in. I, yeah, I, I think, mean, like... Casting. It being kind of like meta in that regard of it feeling like a Harley Quinn fever dream just based off of the little tidbits we've been given. I feel like that also will help with the like whole superhero fatigue because like personally growing up, like I've always been like really into superheroes and I like can't remember the last time I went to go see a Marvel movie because I'm like, this is just boring now. Like I just feel they like went too far with it. Um, But I also think like 
we're gonna have more rom-coms this year like (laughs) like, i I believe this fully because like the the thing that i thought was really interesting was like that anyone but you movie with uh sydney sweeney and glenn powell like the first trailer was such a bad representation of what that movie was and they like tried to sell it to something else and then we all found out that it was actually an adaptation of much ado about nothing which like every good rom-com has been a shakespeare adaptation so it's like People have been excited now, and I haven't gotten to see it, see it yet, but the response from people who like this stuff has been, like, very good. So I feel like following on that, I'm really hopeful we'll get more of them. And, like, not Hallmark ones, like, ones I go to see in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that one with um, Meg Ryan and David Duchovny. Oh, yeah, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where they're, in, they're stuck in the airport or something yeah. like that. So, and that oh, looks cute. Speaking of not rom-coms, but... Pop star movie crossovers. Dua Lipa is going to be in that spy movie. <laughs> Argyle, yeah. I just saw. I like don't know if she's like going to be in it for like five seconds or if she like actually has like a like a fairly decent role. I, I think they're being deliberately obtuse about that. Yeah. In the ads, mm-hmm. But like, she's super hot in the clips that I've seen. <laughs> she's on a motorcycle firing machine guns, and I was like, okay, Dua Lipa. This is, and then she's getting grabbed by Henry Cavill, which signed me up. Yeah. Like, please. <laughs> I do think we're going to have more pop stars acting, which, like, we've already seen. Like, Harry Styles done it. I know Megan Thee Stallion had, like, a part in um, The Hulk, was it? The She-Hulk or something? She was on She-Hulk, and she was also in that um, A24 uh, musical, Dicks. Yeah. She was in Dicks the musical. Oh, yeah, my God, that's that was, amazing. That was a, t- that was a time. Yeah. <laughs> that was a time. Um, we have Choice of On, like I said, doing acting. So uh, that's my prediction. More pop stars doing acting in 2024 and beyond. Just not the weekend, please. Yeah. No, never again. (laughs) (laughs) But I I do also agree that that. rom-coms are like finally having a moment and coming back because like for a while there, it was, it was, they were not nowhere to be found. I feel like also a lot of the like past white boys of the month, like Nicholas Holt and Evan Peters have also like said in interviews over the past couple of years, like I want to do something fun. So I'm like, give them rom-coms guys. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, well, the Evan last Peters. One I can... oh, sorry, Evan Peters. No, that's okay. Evan Peters has to be like psychologically like drained. From I know, all the exhausted. Stuff that Ryan Murphy puts him through. Just like <laughs> let him, let him have some fun with a pretty girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. What were we gonna say, Eric? Uh, I was going to say the last big rom-com I can think, and this was during the pandemic, so it kind of doesn't count, was that Lost City movie with Sandy Bullock and Channing Tatum. Oh, yeah, that was like, fun. <laughs> super fun. Like, more of those types of movies. I, I Like, they're just a great time at the theater, and you can watch them at home eating popcorn while folding clothes. Like, who doesn't want that? <laughs> yeah. I do feel like we had a rise in, like, Netflix taking over, like, teeny bopper rom-coms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even yeah. some adult ones and stuff too. Like they even had some of those, like like overly sexy ones <laughs> for no reason. Overly sexy ones. <laughs> and they had all those like ran- there was. I feel like there was at least three random TV shows that came out during the pandemic on Netflix that were just like Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> and I was like, Sex what life? is happening? Yeah, yeah. There, I think I think there was like another one that wasn't in English. But I was just like, okay, you do you. <laughs> Or do someone else's show would happen. I will say, like, Sarah, it's funny, we haven't even brought this up, but, like, the Roman Empire of collectively of Sarah and I is that 
um, Anne Hathaway is going to be starring alongside Nicholas Galaxy oh, yeah. in The Idea of You, which is an adaptation of a book that is very largely based on the life and times of Harry Styles and is very much like a romantic love affair. Is she playing the Olivia Wilde type character? Uh, basically like basically it's like a divorced mom takes her kid begrudgingly to a meet and greet for a boy band and then the boy band member falls in love with the divorced mom and then they have a like toward affair a scandalo i love it yeah (laughs) it also sounds like a fanfic come to life which is no insult on fanfic because i love fanfic but that's exactly what it kind of sounds like oh yeah yeah (laughs) i'm just hoping it's good and not corny and i'm hoping anne hathaway like really does it justice because i'm just like growing up for me she was the people's princess mia thermopolis in the princess diaries so this is to me this is like that 2.0 as an adult yeah and is Galantine the one that's in that new show coming out with Julianne Moore? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that looks crazy. If people don't know, it's Ma- Mary and John or something. But it's like uh, based on our true story where this is set in, I want to say, 16th, 17th century England. And a higher born woman essentially prostitutes her very pretty son to the king yeah. of England, who everybody knows is gay. Um, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> this sounds great. <laughs> well are there are there well are there any like surprise hits that you think are going to happen like in pop culture like someone's just going to come out that people aren't talking about and just like become a star or anything like that because i'm trying to think you know i think if anyone but you is like as big of a moment as jenna and i think it's going to be like nicholas galazine's star is going to like zoom off the charts you mean the idea of like you? he already yeah yeah like because he already has like buzz because of red white and royal blue and like bottoms and like obviously also like this show that's gonna come out but like this movie's like for the girlies so <laughs> like if it does well yeah if it like, lands right gonna... he could yeah be the next it boy of the month they just released the cast of um, White Lotus 3 and Parker Posey's mm. on it. And I, I remember when Parker Posey was like the it girl of Hollywood. And I would mm. love to see her have a moment again because I think White Lotus has been very good for that. And she's always reliable. Like, show me a bad Parker Posey performance. It doesn't exist. That's very true. I like that of the people coming back because I think there are so many like I don't really think we have movie stars anymore. Not like we Agreed. used to have movie stars. Yep. That's mm-hmm. not what like sells a movie anymore as a movie star. So it would be nice to see some of these like with Anne Hathaway. I think Anne Hathaway undeservedly has like she does not get the credit she deserves. She gets she should have. I mean, because yeah. she gets like pigeonholed and people criticize her a lot and so maybe she'll even have like a huge with this TV show and everything like that. Maybe her star will rise again because we don't have that. We don't have movie stars anymore. It's so, true. Yeah. 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 I, I feel like Anne's been having kind of like a resurfacing moment slowly over the past like couple of years. Like people are like, why? Why didn't we like her? We're like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like people always think that she's kind of like a theater kid, but like on a bigger scale. And my whole thing, I'm a big RuPaul's Drag Race fan and and RuPaul RuPaul hates theater kids. And I was like, give me these people who are trying to do too much any day over people who can't be bothered to do anything at all. And like that to me is Anne Hathaway. She's very, very talented. She is team too much, but like I'm not going to hold it against her because she's always great. I mean, from what we know about Nicholas Galaxy, he very much gives that energy also. 
Um, so this could be, this could be great. This could be great for all of us involved. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, speaking of the pop stars, I was wondering, I was going to mention this because Taylor Swift, do you think Taylor Swift will kind of like make her way into film, like become a star at all or do any kind of, I don't think she has it. I don't know. So she's tried a couple times. Yeah, she's tried and it hasn't worked because she did like a voice in that Lorax movie. Wait, remember the Valentine's? The Valentine's movie with Taylor Lautner. That's right. It was terrible. And I say this as a Swifty, an unapologetic Swifty. She was in Amsterdam. She was briefly in Amsterdam. Yeah, they killed her. It was like right in the beginning. They literally shoved her under a car. That was not an exaggeration. Um. There is a rumor that she's going to be playing one of the X-Men in the upcoming Deadpool 3 movie. Yeah, I've heard we about that. Yeah, well, there we'll was, see. I mean, okay, there was also the rumor that, and I don't know if this holds any weight or if it was literally just like a fan theory that Harry Styles shaved his head so he could be like in uh, in Lotus the next season. What right, Lotus? Lotus? Oh. Well, I, I, I saw like relatively quickly after that, like his team never gives quotes to anyone and his team... Other than like the Spitgate thing, his team were like, "Yeah, he's not gonna be in White Lotus." It was a good rumor though, um, but I think the full cast list is out now. They announced a bunch of new people, like yeah. literally yeah. in the last mm-hmm. two three days. Uh, the, yeah, the, the cast came out. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, listen, I love Taylor. I think she had a great year at the movies already with her Eras Tour movie. I'm <laughs> just not sure it's for her. She. We also forgot Cats. I think we all oh. collectively willed ourselves <laughs> oh, to yeah. forget Cats. <laughs> pandemic it, it, exactly it was it's a cursed movie and we're not even talking about the butthole cut but uh like she's tried it i love her like sometimes it's just not for you you're doing amazing sweetie focus yeah. on the things that are great and again i'd say this is a diehard swifty i bet i fully back that i also just wonder if she has too much star power to like ever just be in a movie like other than it being a cameo yeah like yeah. she can appear for five minutes and that's cool i just don't know if she could do like a leading role yeah, it would be very much, oh, that's Taylor Swift trying to act kind of yeah. thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are people that just, they should not cross genres or go do other things. You just don't have it in you. It's not as an insult. It's just the truth, you know, just like when actors try to sing and they can't sing and release <laughs> albums and they can't really, they should not Bless be their doing hearts. that. Yes, yes, exactly. They're trying. They're trying mm-hmm. something. Sarah, but I feel whereas, like you have... Sarah, who, I feel like you have a list of actors who have, like, tried having <laughs> music careers. I feel like they're all, like, really random people, though. Like, because we did that thing of, like, reality stars trying to be pop stars. Paris so it's, like, Heidi Montag, Paris Hilton. That one time Kim Kardashian did, like, a song to raise money for charity or something. <sighs> um but Nobody like talking, <laughs> I know. But like, all I think I, when I think about like pop star slash actress, it's like Jennifer Lopez always comes into my mind because growing up, I just always thought she was an actress, and then somebody's like, you know, she's a singer, right? And I was like, no. <laughs> Well, she has a new album coming out too in the next few months. I know, which months. is and surprising. It's like her first new one in, I want to say, five plus years. And what I thought was interesting yeah. is it's a direct sequel to her album from like 20 year, years ago that she recorded when she had broken up with Ben Affleck. Oh, and wow. now she's recording the new version. <laughs> wow. Of, and it's called This Is Me Then Now. And it's about her getting married, to, like Benefer Part 2.0. And I was just like, this is setting yourself up 
for a like come on ben affleck ma'am he's not a reliable guy and you're doing another whole album about him love yourself if you know? anything it's for she's... the plot it's for us for the plot that's what it's really okay. for she's, she's so extra about their relationship though because like i like my day job is like i work in uh like journal media journalism and like so i had to sign up to like her newsletter to just to keep updates and like she made like a whole documentary like it looked like she edited it herself about like them falling back in love like that whole thing and i'm just like girl you are so extra for like a man who wears his best friend's face on a shirt all the time <laughs> like, like i love the the pap photos of ben affleck taking the drag on the cigarette and there's so many of them where it's, it's yeah. like you can see this is man who hates every fiber of his being except for matt damon <laughs> except for matt damon which i get right well and it's kind of like when you get a tattoo of the name of someone you're dating it's the same kind mm-hmm. of thing if you're going to make a documentary about how you got back together and then a sequel to the album from the first time you were together what are you trying kind to prove of like setting yourself up for that's what i said just for the plot for us <laughs> it's actually just yeah. a gift for the general public yeah. i wish that she could like be the character she was in hustlers which by the way justice for hustlers it's a great movie yeah. yes. but like Jennifer channeled that woman because she would never do this for a man <laughs> like ever. It's true. And it's so weird. Like that whole thing, it still blows my mind that they got back together. It's like of all the people I would have predicted ever getting back together, never in a million years would that have even crossed my mind. And they look so miserable when they're <laughs> together, <laughs> which I know that's all, you know, smoke <clears throat> and mirrors and all that stuff, but they still, they look miserable to be around each other. I don't know. <laughs> There was, like, one, there was one paparazzi set, like, kind of recently where they looked like they were actually enjoying their time together. But I was like, oh, it's, like, perfect Dunkin' Donuts weather. So, of course, Ben Affleck is happy. (laughs) (laughs) That's all he wants is a gig, a dunks, and a pool where he can have that terrible back tattoo showing. That's all he wants. (laughs) (laughs) Well, those commercials, did everyone watch the Dunkin' Donuts commercials that, that he did? Where he Which was, one? like, behind the cash register. He was, like, the, he did this whole series of Dunkin' Donuts commercials. And I think the first ones, like, premiered. I don't watch the Super Bowl, but I think they were on the Super Bowl or something. And he did these Dunkin' Donuts commercials. And there's one where Jennifer Lopez drives up in her car and is, like, you need to come home. It's a commercial. So it's all acting. Yeah. But, yeah, I, no one else saw those. <laughs> did I have a fever dream that he did? Yes. I feel like. I feel like I had a fever dream that he did one with Ice Spice. Yes, no, I was thinking of Ice Spice also. I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, it was like a whole series of them where he was just like, you know, it was a whole joke of like, and everybody's like, oh man, you're so terrible at this job kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. And this whole thing, and I think they even did like real people driving up and they'd see him at Dunkin' Donuts too or something. I'm a bad pop culture gay that I completely missed this moment. No, I remember like photos of them filming this, but I don't remember the actual commercials other than the ice spice one that maybe he was not in no no they definitely i pulled it i pulled up receipts it happened she had a special drink which was the ice spice munchkins drink for duncan i do remember so. that and i remember people saying it tasted terrible because they like crushed up actual munchkins and put them Ugh. in the drink so it was like soggy and yeah I, I remember Ew. that, but I don't remember the Ben Affleck. And now I want to know what is Ben Affleck's dunks order. True. <laughs> and why did you don't see we the know? recent? Did you see the recent paparazzi photos of him with like six boxes of Dunkin', and then he like was 
dropping the six boxes of Duncan and also wearing a shirt with him and B- Matt Damon on it from when they were youths with all of the boxes of Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> but you know what? His publicist is doing the thing because we are still talking about Ben Affleck in the year 2024 and also whoever's doing this for Dunkin' Donuts snaps to you. That's good marketing. <laughs> yes, yes. Agree, agree. Well, on that note, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with more. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Welcome back to Doing the Thing. Once again, I'm Erin Marlowe from It's a Fandom Thing, and I'm here with Jenna Million and Sarah Fagan from Name Three Songs. And Eric Resnick from The Great Pop Culture Debate. And we were talking all about um, pop stars and them crossing over. Well, there's also this new thing of like a bunch of musicals are coming out, but people don't know they're musicals. Like um, if you don't know the new Mean Girls, it's a musical, everyone. Because there's not like – has anyone seen any clips of it where it's actually the music in it? Only a few, but they're really not focusing on that in the marking at all. Like, it's not Mean Girls colon the musical. It's just Mean Girls. And there's a music note in the logo. But, like, (laughs) if you didn't – and I literally have had people say to me, why are we remaking this movie? First of all, I point out to them, FYI, Mean Girls, the original is 20 years old now. (laughs) And people are just like, didn't need you to tell me that. And you can keep that knowledge to yourself. Thank you very much. Um, but also I'm like, it's the movie version of the musical, the Broadway musical, which I have to say, I'm a big fan of the musical. But it's also, it's also like, kind of not because they cut so many songs out. Like the, the guy, it's interesting because it's clear who like was cast because of like, just they wanted to cast them versus who was cast because they could sing and it being a musical because like Aaron Samuels, his songs are gone. Um, I don't think like Gretchen has a song like and it's it's interesting the choices that they made because it's like it's not a remake of Mean Girls and it's not a remake of the Mean Girls musical from Broadway it's like its own middle entity and they're not telling anybody it's any of those things yeah I agree the marketing's super weird at the same time it's exhausting like it is <laughs> everywhere you cannot avoid it right now yeah but why isn't the marketing better? Like, if you're going to spend this much money on it, like, at least make mm. the marketing sell the movie for what it is. Um, yeah. Sarah, can you explain again what happened with the actual, like, Broadway musical? Because wasn't, like, Renee Rapp and Sabrina Carpenter meant to be in it, but it was, like, in 2020? So the musical had been, ex- like, on Broadway for a while, and then Renee Rapp was Regina George on Broadway also for, I think, a year maybe but uh sabrina carpenter was like stunt casted as katie 
uh, I think in like February, no, March of, for March of 2020, she did two or three shows and then it closed. Like, this is wild. (laughs) This is so crazy. And now to see like what, well, now we're in 2024, but like several years later, how they've launched careers after that. Yeah. No, it is, it is really interesting. And like. I, I think, like, Renee Rapp's, like, whole career is interesting, too, because it, it feels, like, based off of interviews and stuff, and, like, I love her so much. It feels just like everything she's done has been with the goal to become a pop star, and I'm just, like, I love that this was, like, <laughs> your, your plan all along. You're, like, I'm going to take whatever route I could get to be the next pop girl moment. <laughs> well, so do you think, though, that it's going to do well? Because... Everything I've heard about the, about the Mean Girls movie is everybody being upset that they're making this movie. And it's because they don't know it's a musical. But mm-hmm. even when they know it's a musical, they're like, I don't want to I don't want to see this. And the 20 years, thanks again for reminding me about that too, Eric. Sorry. That's a, no, it's, it's all those things that are turning 20 years old, like Elf and all of those movies turning 20 years old. Makes you feel yeah. so old. But – yeah, because I, I haven't heard a lot of the songs from the Mean Girls musical, but it's just like <clears throat> it was that whole thing where they turned every movie into a musical, it seemed like. Mm. Like they, they even turned American Psycho into a musical. That they was did. amazing. Don't talk bad <laughs> on that. Oh, no, I love we'll American Psycho. for three years. I love American Psycho. But, and I actually really want to see the musical version of that because I have a huge – Christian Bale is like my favorite actor. So, you know, I mean – I'd be curious to see that, but yeah. So I wonder if they're going to do this again, like because Beetlejuice two is coming out, but that's not yeah. a musical. But that well, was so a musical, though. Right? The, I mean, I don't know. Do you guys have opinions on if it will do well or not? Because also we have like the Willy Wonka Timothy Chalamet thing that nobody knew was a musical, and I don't know how it's doing. Yeah. Like the only conversation I've heard is that, like, wow, this happened and it was crazy. But like, I've not heard any opinions on like whether or not we should see it. So I have opinions. That's why I have a podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Let's I, hear I, them. Um, <laughs> so um, first on the Mean Girls one, I'll say this. I don't know anybody who's excited to see that movie except for me. And I actually am genuinely <laughs> excited to see it because I love the Broadway musical. If you have not listened to the soundtrack, go to Spotify, mm-hmm. listen to it. Um, there are some really hilarious songs on there. The Karen song, Sexy and I Know It, has me cackling every time I listen. Um, and Stop, also, great song. But uh, I, I don't know. Like, the gays don't seem interested in it. I can't speak for all gays. I can only speak for the gays that I know. But they're just like, <laughs> meh. I'm not sure if the younger generation coming up is super interested in it. And I think that's primarily who it's geared mm, toward. Yeah. I don't think the people who were fans of the original film, like we were all saying, like didn't need to be reminded that that was 20 years ago. Thank yeah. you very much. Um, so I think they've got an uphill battle with Wonka. Uh, I will say that did not know it was a musical saw it when it came out and it was fine. I also don't know anyone who loved it. The main issues that mm. I know people are saying like, that's not Willy Wonka. Like um, this is a terrible thing to say. I can't believe I'm about to say this on live air, but like after the movie, I turned to my partner. and was just like, I miss terrible children getting their comeuppance. Like that's what I want out of a Willy Wonka movie. And there's none of that in this. Um, it's a, it's like the softer side of Sears version of Millie, Willy Wonka. He's just nice and kind of sad, but that's I it. mean, I, um, I heard that a lot of people were saying that it felt like it was a uh, Willy Wonka version of like the social network of like, it's like, Oh, like whoa. this is how, this is how like this thing that we all are aware of came to be. And yeah. like, and like it's just kind of like an awkward man you're like doing this thing. I didn't mean this. 
yeah, that's kind of true. I mean, I did not dislike it. And there are parts of it that I really do. I will say this. The musical is almost large. The music itself, almost totally forgettable. There's really only one song in it that resonated with me. Um, I did not mind it, but did I love it? No. And I don't know anyone who's like, oh, my God, I loved Wonka. I just, I don't, I, I don't know who that person is. I just, I, like, because I know, like, every kind of silly tv show has like a musical episode and i just like wonder if whoever whoever decided to just yeah whoever decided to make all these secret musicals is just like a big riverdale fan (laughs) (laughs) because i think it worked well in riverdale well buffy Buffy yeah. has Buffy had yeah. a great, great one. Once more with Fiona. I mean, Community has done it. Like so many, like any show that has like more than twenty episodes a season, I think always had a musical episode. <laughs> Grey's did it. Um, Star Trek just did it this last year, and you either loved it or hated it. If you were a Star Trek fan, I, I thought it was fun. Um, the other musical that just came out in the movies that people aren't talking about that much, although nominated tonight for Golden Globes, is The Color Purple, the musical, which that one was sold as a musical. Did anybody else see it? I've not no, seen it. No, no, but I want to. But it, but it, it shocked me that it wasn't nominated though in comedy musical for best comedy because it's the only it's a musical and they have no musicals nominated. Fantasia Barino is nominated for well, best yeah, actress, but the movie's but I mean, like, not. The movie, I mean, the yeah. movie isn't nominated, in be- and that just was like mind blowing to me. Just yeah. because it's like it's a musical and you don't have any musicals nominated in comedy musical. Yeah. I mean, all I've seen about it is Taraji complaining about how bad the set was. Like, that's <laughs> oh, yeah, all that I've seen. Yeah. I-, I will say Taraji's amazing in that movie. She's so I'm sure good. she is. Yeah. Um, and I really liked it. The thing that I keep hearing from people is they feel that they had erased the LGBTQ storylines from it, that they weren't as pronounced as they should have been. Now, in the original movie, they were completely taken out because Spielberg wasn't comfortable with it and he regretted that. But um, I was there. Were, I've seen TikToks where people are like, I didn't realize that Celie's supposedly a lesbian. I thought she was just interested in this woman because she was nice to her. And I was just like, I don't know how more to make it clear. Like they're literally in bed together. They're kissing multiple times. They have a, a romance song where they're dancing with one another. I, I feel like if you're not getting it, then you're deliberately willfully not getting it. You know what I mean? Mm. My question is like, so the color purple obviously had like an original 1985 film, unless I am vastly incorrect with that. I think it's like the same thing. Yeah. Uh, mean Girls, obviously, we talk about the 20-year anniversary. When is an appropriate time to do a remake? And obviously, these are kind of like spinoffs, but like, relatively speaking, a remake. Because I feel like with Mean Girls, it's too soon of, you were just talking about the target demographic of like, Gen Z and younger aren't necessarily going to get it. And then like, us who would have been the original like demographic for when it came out in 2004, we're like not super excited about it. So I feel like there almost needs to be a little bit more time with something like Mean Girls. But also Mean Girls, I feel like was so specific to the like 2004 that like doing a remake this soon after feels silly. Whereas like 40 years after, I feel like they could have redone it with what was like hip and funny in that time frame. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like that's like a different thing than the others. Yeah. I think there's two great points there. Um, number one, the question about when is 
the time to do a remake is such a good question and, and I have mm. a response to that. But with Mean Girls in particular, I feel like they kind of missed the boat because Mean Girls continued in a tradition of great teen movies that were like seminal to that generation, which yeah. Clueless mm. was before that, yeah. Fast Times at Richmond Time was before mm. that. Instead of making a remake for this current Gen Z generation, I feel like they deserve their own movie like that. And yeah. I mean, Bottoms to yeah. me kind of scratched that itch, but it's also mm. very niche. I yeah. feel like there's a great teen movie for Gen Z that's still waiting to be made. And yeah. Yeah. I would love for people to put their effort mm. into that because Gen Z is fascinating to me endlessly. Like they deserve their own great teenage movie. Um, in terms of when is it too early to do a, a remake of something, we just restarted rewatching Smash, that NBC TV show mm. about the Broadway musical, because I heard that it's coming to Broadway as a musical. And I was like, hmm, this would be interesting because it was only like 10 years ago that that was on the air. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually thought to myself while watching it, two things. Number one, I'm surprised we don't have a Glee reboot yet because that's probably Ooh, coming up on teen. That's years. Don't put that Something out in the like universe. That. I know, I know. I'm not saying I want one. I'm just saying I'm surprised no, we don't, we don't have want it. Um, and two. I think there's a little bit of a dial for when is it too early to do a reboot when something failed when it first came out but had a ton of potential. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, well, with the length of time, when you've got Beetlejuice 2 coming out, and Beetlejuice, the first one was in the 80s, so there you've yeah. got like a bigger stretch of time, even though I know people are very hesitant about it. People are excited, but they're also like – uh, I don't know. I don't know. But the but casting has people intrigued. But I feel like sequels, especially like 30 years on, it's like, okay, the original cast can come back as like more minor roles and it can give like a potentially like a star starting role for somebody or just like continuing on like a star starting like career for someone because it's like, okay, there's going to be older people that are interested and then like their kids, like their actual kids who like, they show that movie too will be like excited yeah. about it too I, because it's like a new story for a new generation whereas like a reboot yeah. is like the same story possibly just done the same way over and over again so i feel like they're two like different situations yeah i agree with that because i feel like there's a cross-generational like experience to be had of movies that are kind of spin-offs because like also when you're saying that it made me think of like the wednesday netflix series which obviously is yeah. the adams family and then it's like my parents i literally was watching this series like with my parents because they were like oh my god like we grew up with this blah 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 blah, blah. and so it's like s s similar storyline but spun for that generation and i think that's when it works really well yeah and wednesday was huge i think it was netflix's number one show of all of last year so yeah they hit it at dead on with that. And I mean, the Jenna Ortega of it all will also play mm. a factor in Beetlejuice. Yeah, too, exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think she is destined to become really, really like a huge star. Yeah. People totally. love her. So I think, I think she's like one of those, like we were talking in, you know, earlier on about how people destined to become big stars. I think her for sure. I do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. on that note, I feel like Jacob Elordi. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And I think Jacob Elordi is probably going to dethrone Timothy Chalamet. But I am interested to see what Barry yes. Keoghan does this year, because I feel like he was kind of a wild card. Well, yeah, and that's yeah. the thing is that you watch TikToks now and like a lot of them are more more focused on Barry hmm. Keoghan than they are on Jacob Elordi. And they're like, I everybody's mean, talking about Jacob Elordi, but why not him? 
Exactly. I mean, back to the 2024 trend predictions. I think we're going to be in the year of the short king. Like, I think <laughs> Jeremy Allen White. <laughs> yeah, it's Jeremy my Allen time. <laughs> Jeremy Allen White with the Calvin Klein ad. Like, everybody, surpri- like, to me, not surprising, but I feel like to a lot of people, surprising, like, being obsessed with Barry Keoghan after Saltburn. Because it's like, I don't know. I love Barry Keoghan. He's always a little freak in everything he I does. I know. We and just he, keep like, joking. He's a little it. freak. <laughs> Like, he loves it. It's like, if he's in the movie, you know, like, chaos is going to ensue no matter what the chaos is. But I don't know. I just feel like it's it's kind of fun watching everybody have crushes on, like, the unexpected person in the movie. Because, like, even with Iron Claw, which is, like, a very depressing movie from what I've heard, it's like you have three main stars, uh, Harrison Dixon, or Harris Dixon, Zac Efron, and Jeremy Allen White, and everybody's, like, frothing at the mouth for Jeremy Allen White. Meanwhile, like... Paris Dixon, like, three years ago would have been, like, the one everybody was newly obsessed with. So, I don't know. I'm just like, if you're under 5'8 and a movie star, now's your time. (laughs) Now's your time to shine. (laughs) So good. And I will say about Barry, like, I've always enjoyed him as an actor. I think he's incredibly gifted. But I was like, I'm supposed to believe him as a romantic sexual interest in Saltburn? And listen, (laughs) yes. Like, not even, not even, like, the the garden scenes, first of all, were incredible. But then that last, the dance scene to Murder on the Dance Floor, I was just like... Take it, take it, everything. Like it's all yours. I mean, yeah, he's clearly yeah. he just, my mansion. He's clearly got something special. And like the interviews that we've seen Emerald Fennell do, and also Jacob Elordi just talk about how electric he is. And like um, even Rose was it Rosamund Pike, Rosalind Pike. She was talking yeah. about like yeah. working with him. Like you never know what he's gonna do next. And I think it's so exciting to even just watch the interviews, hearing them talk about that, because it makes it all the more special realizing like what you've just witnessed. Yeah. I, I think if we are saying it's the year of the short King movie star, I just have to say Danny DeVito, it's, it's your time. 2024 <laughs> is your year. It's I love Danny DeVito so much. <laughs> we all do. We, we adore Danny DeVito. I'll watch yes. him in anything. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But did you know, going back to Barry Keoghan, did you know that he actually improvised that graveyard scene? Yes. Because he was the one who suggested that. He's, he yes. actually is a little freak. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love it. Yes. But yeah, that in dancing scene, I, I, just I like... was saying the other day, if you don't like, because some people don't like salt burn a lot, which I understand. I loved it. But some people have you... bad taste. It's exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you have to at least appreciate the dance. You have to at least appreciate yeah. the final scene because, I mean, everything about it is It perfect. was beautiful. I just like... <laughs> Back to the whole, like, Sabrina Carpenter might show up as his date tonight at the Golden Globes thing. I just love because there were paparazzi photos of them, like, on a date. Like, I it's, like I think at the start of December. And it's just, like, my mind as, like, a person who consumes too much pop culture is, like, that girl saw Saltburn and was like, I like that. Called her agent. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is speculation. I mean, but, like, this, I, I mean, that would be me. Like, that yeah, would be me. If I was that. Sabrina Carpenter <laughs> and I saw the movie, I would leave immediately, call my agent, be like... Very single, right? <laughs> you know his DMs were just filth. Just a pile 100%. of filth. Yeah, and I love that for him. Yes. He's also yes. just like continuing... He's continuing to be a little freak on Instagram. I don't know if you guys have kept up with his Instagram, but this is okay. Here's here's a prediction. I need more, and maybe not even a prediction as much as something that I would like to see is more actors being personable on Instagram because so much of the conversation was able to continue to be had around 
um, like his off camera chemistry with Jacob Elordi because of the amount that specifically Barry was posting his personal <laughs> IG stories of like photos of them behind the scenes and making little jokes and tagging Jacob and stuff, mm. which is hilarious because Jacob like was not on Instagram, was not participating in any of this, but it was just like these little like behind the scene tidbits and like personality of Barry that really like shined through and I think helped elongate the conversation around the film. Yeah, because it I felt agree. like he was just as obsessed with Jacob as Oliver was yes, with yeah. Felix. And I was, it was like, oh, it was yeah. like an unrequited love story on Instagram stories because Jacob did post some like behind the scenes photos on his story and like his feed because he's like does photography. But like Barry was like posting like inside joke like memes and videos on his Instagram story and tagging Jacob being like, remember when? And it's like, this is public for everyone. <laughs> Well, the TikTok like videos made of like people are people ship the two of them together. Understandable. They're like, oh, come on, they're really, really together, aren't they? So, <laughs> that's been so. I'm like, well, he was asked that in an interview. Read. He was asked that in an interview, no, he wasn't. and he was like, he, like, he was like, imagine that me and Jacob Lordy, imagine that. No, but he he wasn't even asked <laughs> yeah, it. Like the guy thing. just mentioned the chemistry, and he was like, oh, you know that people are speculating that we're together. <laughs> Could you imagine I pulled Jacob Lordy? Yeah. Like yeah. he did that himself. Like he just like fully started that conversation, and then the interviewer was kind of like, okay, I'm gonna keep going with this. <laughs> and I was like, Barry, you crazy man. <laughs> I would watch those films. I would watch them. I'd pay for the only <laughs> No, I do support getting more chemistry raids because... Yeah, I'm like, I want, I want that to be like... <laughs> there's secrets to be had. I'm like, release a DVD with both full cast commentary yes. and also yes. the chemistry read between that's Jacob and Barry. Yes. Like, I need to see it. Because that's so important. Because you know who they originally were going to have in that role was. Well, they said Chalamet. Timothy, which yeah, I hate yeah. that. I yeah. hate that deeply. I know. I know. As which role? As With, um, as Oliver. Oh yeah. no! I know. I know. <laughs> and there's nothing, nothing against Chalamet, nothing against him, honestly. But like, no, it, it wouldn't have worked mm-hmm. at all. I know. And Jacob Elordi is actually the one who was pulling for for Barry Keoghan. Yeah, actually. cool. Yeah, so that's awesome. So that makes that whole shipping story and everybody loving the two of them together even better because it's like, oh, okay, see, he wanted in there. I mean, all the interviews, like, they are just, like, deeply in love in whatever platonic or non-platonic way you want to go (laughs) with it. (laughs) And I have to say, and maybe it was just me, but I did not realize that Jacob Elordi was was – British. I thought he was he's Australian. He's Australian. Oh, Australian. Oh, yeah. okay. See, I'm even. I'm even stupider. Than I know. That, but yeah, even I a third wild that. card there. <laughs> <laughs> My friend, like we were in the movie theater, like literally five seconds into this movie, she leans over to me. She's like, "Is Jacob Elordi American or British?" And I was like, "He's Australian." And I bet you didn't see that coming. Secret <laughs> <laughs> third option. Yeah, secret yeah. third option. I will say, as much as we all love Barry, I do think Jacob is actually, he does have, I think, potential to be a great leading man. Um, Mm. He's classically beautiful in a way I have not seen in a male movie star in a long (laughs) time. He reminds me of Christopher Reeve, but like Mm. stretched out Christopher Reeve. Um, And I was saying to a friend, like, he looks as though like an Italian marble sculpture just got brought to life. But he actually does have charisma. Riz, I think, is what the kids are saying now. Um, So I think he has a lot of potential as well. I just like want more conversation about Archie Mattacu and how good he was yeah, as Farley yeah. because I've like, I started to see some yeah 
Because he like he was also in Gran Turismo, which was I also really enjoyed because I'm a gamer, so I was like, this is for me. Um, but like I've seen a decent amount of TikToks of people like fangirling over his whole uh so like the like the five second karaoke song that he did in the movie, and they're like, "What Archie being a pop star when?" <laughs> <laughs> well, and but the like, scene yes. with Archie and Oliver, the the yeah. bedroom scene, more than anything, yeah. that was ooh, that was that was a nice scene too. Because not enough people talk about that scene. They talk about all the other scenes that are really nice in the movie yeah. or shocking in the movie, but nobody ever talks about how incredibly sexy that scene is actually Mm -hmm. between the two of them. But yeah. Yeah. I think I heard somebody else talking about how everybody's talking about Felix and Oliver, but really should also be talking about Oliver and Archie's whole dynamic. I mean, yeah, that, uh, that truly was a really interesting dynamic. And to me, like, I think it was maybe right before, I can't remember if it was before or after that scene, when they're doing karaoke, when they're sat on the couch together, they're like having this really intimate moment of seeing each other being like, we're both not them. Like we're both not really the Cattens and like, don't know if we'll ever be. And they're both trying to like oust each other while there's also like this weird, like camaraderie, but like not camaraderie. Like I, their dynamic is super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that like the, like Barry and Jacob being paired for all the interviews, like the chemistry between Barry and Archie is like, getting ignored so i'm like gotta give him his flowers too because he was amazing (laughs) like everyone was so great in that film yeah yeah he was he was really good though yeah i agree he does deserve a little bit more attention and and he's he's, also like six five and beautiful so like he's six eight that's true he's six eight he's actually actually a normal height six Six, eight no no sorry wait 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 Oh, oh, sorry. No, we're not. Sorry. Archie is also six five. Yes, Archie is six five eight. Yes, my my brain's numbers went bad. Why he's a giant? I thought you were saying. I thought you were trying to make Barry Kogan shorter than he actually is, and I was like, No, no, no. I'm saying that Archie is also a giant. So, which honestly, I think I I think like both Jacob and Archie being literal giants was really kind of entertaining and weirdly added to the plot of Oliver literally Mm. being this like figure that was smaller than them. Yeah. Like a little hobbit. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like visually, but also just like in what he was trying to reach for and attain and this lifestyle that was so unattainable. Like they're quite literally towering over him and have this power over him. So I thought that was like, they never saw him coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's time for us to wrap up things. So this has been a ton of fun. So we're going to go around and just everybody can just say goodbye. Because that's all the time we have for doing that thing today. So thank you, Jenna, Sarah, Eric, and myself. So where can our listeners find everyone? And I'll say mine at the end. So Eric? Uh, you can find us. The best place to follow is at Great Pop Culture Debates on Instagram. Uh, we're also on Mastodon and Threads. Uh, we are also at GreatPopCultureDebate.com where we have not only all of our episodes, but we have tons of great pop culture extras, reviews, uh, top 10 lists. Uh, we put out playlists. We have a newsletter every week. So head to GreatPopCultureDebate.com and find us there. 
Sarah and I are Name Three Songs podcast on all platforms. We also have TikTok. Where we talk about lots of silly things. Instagram, posting reels over there, which are really fun. And we have weekly episodes discussing pop culture and the music industry under a feminist lens, as well as our artist interview series in which we're interviewing up and coming musicians. And this is Erin from It's a Fandom Thing. And we discuss pop culture and fandom news, primarily from the female perspective. And you can find us on Instagram and threads at It's a Fandom Thing podcast. Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod, TikTok at It's a Fandom Thing Pod, and we release weekly episodes. We do two episodes actually a week. So awesome. Uh, well, we'll see you next week with a brand new panel. We'll be on for doing the thing. That was fun. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.